This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. I will be very brief tonight. Have you ever heard a preacher say that? (laughs) Have you ever believed him when he said it? Well, you can believe it tonight. Take your Bible, Philippians chapter 2, please. Philippians chapter 2. I'll abbreviate the the passage, the entire passage, the Kenosis passage, but I want you to look, let's begin reading in verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We live in an I, me, mine world, don't we? I think sometimes we are so self-interested that we're not self-aware. I, I don't want to admit it about myself, but I think it's true about myself, and I think it's true at least to some degree in the lives of most believers that we've been afflicted Uh, by that I, me, mine attitude in the world in which we live. We, by nature, tend to be selfish and self-oriented, self-centered, and not self-aware. By saying that, I mean that we don't even know it about ourselves. And then God allows us a week like our missions conference week. And by the way, I think calendar appointments are very important I don't think you schedule a revival meeting and bring revival, but I think those meetings are important opportunities for us to allow God to do a work in our life. And I think the missions conference, we won't accomplish all of the great commission in these few meetings, but boy, does it mark out an important time in our life. Not only does it mark out an opportunity for us to give and to become aware, to be informed of the needs of a lost world. But it gives us an opportunity to confront ourselves. I love the Missions Conference Week because it is one of those moments in our lives where it is not about what we get, it is about what we give. It is not about what we need, it is about seeing the need all across the globe. And here's the truth. I believe that missions-minded, missions-thinking, missions conference week is perhaps as close as we get to the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that's why this verse said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because I think he is the example of missionary living, 
I think he is the example of missionary giving, of missionary vision. And all I want to do for a couple of moments tonight is share with you three reasons that I think that. Number one, I think when we view the Lord as given to us in these verses, I think first of all we see that Jesus had to deal with issues about comfort. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, let me, let me try to explain it. Look at verse 6 again. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. I know that you will agree with the statement that I'm about to make. Jesus is God. Jesus is every bit as much God as the Father is God. He is every bit as much God as the Holy Spirit is God. And yet Jesus made a decision about his ministry to us, looking and seeing our need. He made a decision to leave fellowship with the Father and to come to earth and meet our need. If anyone understands the price of our sin, it is Jesus because he came and lived amongst us and then paid the price for our sin. Think about it. The Lord Jesus Christ was willing to trade the throne in the heavens. I wish I was eloquent enough to describe to you what the throne of God is. I, I, would, I, don't, I don't act like I am. But what a place of majesty and what a place of holiness and, and what a place of beauty and worship. And, and then I want you to picture that he left that and, and his first experience on earth in his incarnation was a manger. Can I be honest with you? We've beautified that word a little bit. We've made manger romantic and we right away connect uh, the beauty of a loving mom and and uh, the star, and, and we make it more romantic than it was. It wasn't romantic at all. It was a barn at best, probably a cave where animals were kept. Probably Joseph and Mary had to do all they could possibly do to make it clean enough to birth their child and take care of him in those first few hours. And Jesus knew what he was coming to, and yet he made a decision that our need was more important than his comfort. I think of things, I think of terms like the crystal river of life. And if you've ever been uh, to the Holy Land, you know that Jesus was baptized in Jordan. And sometimes the artist portrays Jordan way prettier than Jordan is. It's pretty much a mud bath and a stream of mud coming down. It's Nothing really picturesque. I think of the streets of gold and I contrast that with the dusty roads of Judea. And I think of the worship of angels and I contrast that with the hatred of the crowd. I think of the fellowship that he had with his father and I contrast that with being rejected by his own. And I'm simply saying to you that we've got to remember that Jesus made a decision. He who had created all, foxes had holes and birds had nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere 
that he could lay his head. And we mentioned the verse last night, and I mention it again. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And I think when we come to that moment and Paul says, hey, spend some time, look not every man on his own things. I, I think this week of meetings is an opportunity for us to lift up our eyes off of ourselves and to see the need and then to deal with ourselves as Jesus dealt with himself and say, I I can deal with issues of my comfort. I can make some changes in my life. I can, I can confront my selfishness. I can confront my wanting to be first. I can give. I would say second that Jesus dealt with issues about his own desires. Verse 7 again says but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Jesus humbled himself. Sometimes I think we have the mistaken notion that Jesus couldn't have done anything else but come to earth and die. I, I, I even think that sometimes if we're not careful, we see God the Father as the big real God and Jesus is almost as important as uh, God the Father. No, no, no. He is God and equal to God. And yet he made a decision that he would come and, and die for you and I and made a decision about his person, about how he would be perceived. He didn't have to. He chose to. Sometimes people will come to me and, and they'll say, well, preacher, you just don't understand. I've, I've just always wanted to be this. I've always wanted to do this with my life. And, and I draw them to this passage and I remind them that Jesus made decisions about what he desired to do, where he desired to be. I don't think all of these missionaries, I may be wrong with some, but I don't think they were born wanting to be missionaries. I think maybe they had other pursuits and other desires, but as Jesus did in his life, he began to look at the need of others and, and to understand the will of his Father. And, and if I recall my Bible, there was a moment in his life where he surrendered his will to the will of the Father. And I think this week is a good week for all of us. To put ourselves on an altar and say, Lord, I've had this desire and this is what I want to do with my life, but maybe it would be a good thing if I just check up with you. What would you have me to do with my life? And God, if there is a direction that you want me to go, if there's something that you want me to be, I'm willing to lay my desire on the altar and pick up your purpose for my life. I don't think we even challenge our children with that anymore. Because I don't think we challenge ourselves with that. And third, Jesus dealt with issues of his own resources. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, Jesus dealt with the, the resource of his life. I think it's summed up 
When it says being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He literally gave his life for you and I. And I think the missions conference week is a week where we confront ourselves and and we say, what am I willing to give of my resources? What am I willing to do with my resources? Can I trust God? Am I willing to give so that the needs of others might be met? I rejoice that the Lord gave his life for me. And then I have to question myself, do I have the mind of Christ? Am I willing to make those kinds of decisions in my life? Am I willing to be made uncomfortable for the sake of others? Am I willing to set aside my plans, my desires, and step in voluntarily to the will of God, whatever God would have for me? Am I willing to use all of my resources and place them at the Lord's disposal? I'll give you a picture of this and I'm done. To me, one of the places where I can best see this displayed in human form is when Elijah is sent to that woman and uh, the widow is going to care for Elijah. She doesn't know it yet, but she's going to. And, And I view Elijah like a missionary. He gets there and he has to ask for something. And I want to tell you, Elijah did not take great joy in saying to that woman when she said to him, well, I've got enough meal and enough oil to make my son and me a cake and then we're going to eat it and go sit in the corner and die. Uh, Elijah did not relish the thought that he said, well, make me one first. And then the decision that went through that lady's mind To walk over to that barrel and say, it's all I have. It's so little. It's barely enough to meet my need now. And then to make the decision to use her resources, to make the decision that she would make her own life uncomfortable. Oh, and by the way, make a decision for her child. Please do not underestimate the decisions these missionaries make for their children. God's call is on their lives, but when God calls that man, his wife goes and his children go, and it's a weighty thing. I'm not saying they struggle, but it's, it's weighty, it matters. And this woman looks in that barrel and says, my son, my life, what am I to do? I'm to trust God. And she reached down into that barrel and took her resources that meant her very life and her son's life. And throwing aside her comfort and her son's empty belly, she makes that prophet a cake. And here's the the part that's so hard. Elijah eats it. You talk about a missionary. Elijah eats it. Oh, and by the way, she goes back and the barrel never empties. And the cruise of oil is never empty. Because she was willing to trust God 
and be uncomfortable. And she was willing to trust God with her resources. And God did not fail her. That's the opportunity we have this week to truly take a look at ourselves and say, is there more that I could do? Is there something that I could do? Does God want more than my checkbook? Does God want my life? And this week affords us the opportunity to not focus on our own things, but to look on a world that has incredible needs and to have the mind of Christ and say, I'll meet that need. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757 757- We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.